A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign? I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Anderson. And I'm the soul man of this podcast. She's the soul man. She's a soul man. At least you knew. This book they use um, song lyrics or something to describe different things in the... It's fine. We don't need to get into it. We'll talk about it later. In the, oh, in the outer... In the outer realms, for all of them, I think they have. For one, each one, they'll have like a song lyric. Is like it's Mars like a, a is a way like to remember burning well, up. Shit, that's hot. You guys, I think this is like definitely the last episode, fresh up of 2019. It is. Congrats, Ooh. goodbye. And I like that it's with this little cluster of of planets too. It's quite fitting. Mm. We're like, man, it is a crew. <sighs> I know it's like not a hot take, but this in between holidays to New Year's time is just such. It's just so like we are we are mammals. I remember that so much when it's this time you're like, I can't stop eating. 
I can't stop sleeping. I just can't stop doing any of that stuff. And working is impossible. Yeah. I know it's not new. It's every year. But really just I'm ready for I'm ready for the I'm ready for the kick started fresh freshy vibes. I just found out that baby carrots are just cuts cut up carrots that are shaped and shaped. Whoa. What? And um hang so on, break, yeah, hang on guys. Holiday season, I'll tell you that. Hang on guys, breaking news. Baby carrots are cut and shaped. I don't I guess I never thought about what they were like just before. Big carrots that they cut up and, and shave them. My smooth. mouth is a gate right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty uh I, I mean I was pretty upset and Wait, um, okay, so this is the question like how oh my god, I have so many what was that Mark Summers show that was like food factory things and it was like how it's made or something like mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Unwrapped. I want to unwrapped on baby carrots. Ooh, I want because tr- I need to. I want to see this process. What part of the? What section of the carrot? How many baby carrots are coming from a carrot? How much carrot waste Oof. can be attributed to making baby carrots? Yeah. Wh- when did baby carrots like hit the market? Like when? What was the demand? Was it that episode of Full House where Aunt uh, Becky declares her pregnancy by displaying a tray of baby shrimp, baby back ribs, and baby carrots? The world has to know. Do you guys know that Full House episode? No, but that sounds incredible. Oh, my God, yeah. Lori Laughlin reveals she's pregnant to Jesse by, he's like, baby carrots, baby back ribs, baby shrimp. I don't know if baby shrimp is is the thing. Uh, Hmm, odd meal. And she's like, I'm prego with the twins, Avi. And, And so the origin story of the baby the baby carrots. I mean, I'm sure if it wasn't the onset, I'm sure they skyrocketed, you know, in popularity. It was the Popeye's chicken sandwich of the time. Oh, dude. I like bought carrots recently from the farmer's market and those things are hairy. Yeah. Like yeah. naturally, like they're like fully thick. Yeah. yeah you got to shave them. You got to shave. You got to. I mean, but cut them into small pieces and shave them again, I guess. I don't know. Shape them into the tiniest version. It's just so weird. That really is weird. yeah i was like it's not true when someone told me i was like that's not what it is i was like no but it is apparently so i mean i'm on baby carrot wikipedia right now (laughs) honestly it says that there are some that are sold before they reach maturity which i think are like the ones you see at trader joe's that still have the sprout head on them yes that is true and they're so cute i know i love those carrots that is true yeah and i guess there's baby cut Right. carrots but when you say baby carrots i'm thinking you but those know. are the ones that are baby cut those are the ones that are marketed as like baby carrots uh, the bags wow um well we've revealed it here this is a our spotlight moment really blowing the roof off there's <laughs> a mark maron we're coming for your job there's a, <laughs> there's a youtube channel called Producepedia, which i think is what you're talking about of like seeing a little peek behind the curtain of like what's going on with how these baby carrots get made. Wow. Producepedia. Yeah. Sorry to break it to you. Well, now we know how the carrots get made, you know? I mean, it just, it just shows how removed from our food we really are. Like, it's like, I can't watch the baby chicks get tossed into the bucket with thousands of baby chicks and knowing that these baby carrots aren't organic, that they're produced, that they're, that man did this to them. They're manufactured. Reduce Mm -hmm. them to this, infantile state but they're so good for baby carrots are the best for dipping yeah they're so easy to i mean 
I don't know. It's yeah. Sad, okay. I'm about to call out culture and I can't uh, remember if we've discussed this carrot thing before. But when I first started dating Pablo and he would make salads, he would toss in baby carrots whole as his like carrot topping. Like so like that's, spring leaf, full baby carrots. And I looked at him like, wow, am I sleeping with a murderer? Like this is just very <laughs> alarming. And he's like, everybody does this. And I was like, no, no, no. If I had baby carrots and wanted to put them in a salad, Pop I would them dice them. I would dice them up. They'd be they'd be coins. We're we're making coins here. Yeah, I don't love a non-shaved carrot in a salad because yes. I do feel like it's always too thick to like really. St- you have to like stab it mm-hmm. for sure. I will say, I do feel like I have seen people put the full baby carrot in the salad before. That's just a no for me. It's I I agree on the technique being incorrect, uh, but I I do have to agree that I think it is done. However, I do think it is lazy. And irresponsible. Look, my boyfriend does not eat vegetables. (laughs) It is a fucking issue in our house. Like, I, it's come to a point where, like, when we first started dating, there were certain things that he would say, like, he fucking for sure does not eat carrots. He can't stand carrots. Wow. And eggs is another issue. But he's a pretty picky eater. But also, like, um, when we first started dating, I would like make some certain things and he would like eat around them. And I'm like, Oh, you don't like tomatoes. Mm. And he's like, no, I like them. I just don't like them on pizza or not that. I don't <laughs> Whatever. He'd be like, I don't put them in this. Right. He's like, the only time I really like to see a tomato is in a salad. But now Respect. I make tomatoes salads with tomatoes and he still eats around them and i'm like you just fucking don't like tomatoes just like say it just mm-hmm. just be honest and say i don't like tomatoes now i just i honestly i just make him the sandwich that i make for myself with fresh shredded lettuce that i cut myself mm. a little sliced tomato maybe just a sprig of onion a sprout if it's available fine i just make it him meat cheese mustard here you go well you're not gonna eat it if i put all the stuff on it to mm-hmm. be fair i i'm with scott here tomatoes can be really roll the dice sometimes they're the most perfect thing you've ever tasted and sometimes they're like bland water sacks and they don't do anything i'm on team to me i'm very like i'll say like yes tomato in the salad yes tomato on the sandwich and if it's not the tomato i'm dreaming of I'm sorry, bitch. You gotta go. I'm eating around you. I, I mean, love tomatoes. I I love all of it. I think my relationship to food is like something that I'm working on too. But like the idea of eating for enjoyment, truly, of like having preferences like that, is still kind of weird to me because i think like diet culture is so embedded in my brain that like Mm -hmm. oh is this something that i like or am i like that's never the qualifier for like am i eating this or not to me i'm like yeah throw a tomato on there it's zero points yeah yeah i'll take a fucking tomato i do also (laughs) though like all vegetables and i think my mom always was like you're the weirdest kid like Mm. you would eat lima beans and shit like I just like vegetables. I've never really met a fruit or vegetable that I've been like, eh, I'm good. I don't like all meat. No. I don't like fuck with all like. Vegetable- vegetables were a new concept for me. Very picky eater. Didn't try like a strawberry till like 24 years old. Like really moving to California was like this. And maybe it's because I moved away from my drama. Oh, because it's root because they're all rooted together of like things that you do and don't like memory, childhood safety. I just watched. 
It was some like, of course, vice like doc that was like, guy only eats Velveeta box mac and cheese. And I was watching it with Pabs and I was like, that was me. Like that guy was truly me from ages like college 18 to 22. And Pabs is like, please don't tell me. <laughs> like, but I was like, no, I didn't. And it, when you're first watching, it feels very like clickbaity. Like, oh, I just like Velveeta. It's orange. I only eat foods that's orange. And I'm like, OK, dude. But then he starts talking about like being abused as a child and like just like violence in the household and how it was like something he could ask for that wouldn't get him punished because it was like the cheapest thing in the house and it was totally fine. And I was like, Oh, like, and this was like, I was just having like mad, like I also just recently started therapy at a consistent range. I was like, Oh man, this is like, Oh, grandma used to bust this out because it really was this like comforting thing during like divorce and change and all these things. And also like there is something and, you know, I guess all shade if you're someone like this, but also no shade because trauma is real of like, there's something about being picky that I think is like a personality trait where it's like a talking point. Like, it's like something to be like, oops, I never had that. Isn't that weird? Aren't I like unique? Isn't that like strange of me? And I remember like that was like an identifying personality factor for me, like was like, yep, I'm the weird girl that's never had a strawberry. I don't know. I just can't. It's like, ugh, I just can't. And then like, I don't know what, like, maybe, maybe it's my Jupiter return. Maybe it's just some, like, adulting or whatever. But I was like, I'm, like, being difficult or being unique. I don't want to be unique in this way. Like, this isn't cool anymore. Like, I don't know. Something clicked where I'm like, this isn't cool anymore. Well, it's, I think that's a great example of, like, everything that we ever talk about anytime. Where it's, like, even astrology if someone's like, oh, I don't believe in astrology, it's like, well, then now we can't continue to have a conversation. If you just say like, right. oh, you're a picky eater, you're just being stubborn and that's it. Well, then you can't get to all of this other stuff where it's like, oh, I didn't realize I ate because of this. It's like, what are we really talking about? Mm -hmm. Most of the time people are trying to like communicate information to you in some capacity um, or or you're telling a story to yourself or whatever, like your realization about like, oh, I don't want to be difficult for the sake of being difficult isn't like or like as an identifying characteristic. It's like this is a tool I developed from this place and maybe you didn't have that awareness of it at mm -hmm. that time. But it's more like, oh, isn't if someone just was like, yeah, that's weird and then didn't talk any further about didn't it didn't indulge then you wouldn't get to that realization or whatever so whenever someone's like oh astrology is not real it's like okay well now we can't talk about any of the stuff that we could have talked about if you just went along with understanding that like astrology isn't what we're talking about we're talking about like feelings and right. whatever Things. and not not people aren't always good or able to directly say like this is something that i have a lot of trouble with that I've recognized a lot in myself recently is like, that's something for me to just say point blank. I like this. I want this. I prefer this or whatever is like very difficult. Not because I don't have preferences. I have, I feel like I have very strong and specific mm -hmm. things that I like and dislike and, and taste things or whatever, but it's just like not the way my brain processes those things it does it in like stories and themes and whatever like the idea of just saying like oh I want that feels so like crude and mm. not or it's like 
there's nothing to, for someone else to engage with on that. Mm-hmm. It's either like you agree or you don't. And there's nothing that can be like talked about or discussed or um, gleaned. For, you can't like learn anything from me just saying like, I want this. I like this. Mm-hmm. Not that you shouldn't do those things because I also <laughs> need to do those things. But I think there is something to like, if you write off anything, then you don't get to engage with it. And now you don't learn it. Well, mm-hmm. I think I was listening to a different podcast earlier today. And they what? Were Lisa, you listen to other podcasts? That's so know, fucked up, gross. Lisa. <laughs> and they were talking I, about... <laughs> I quit! <laughs> I thought we were only podcasting with each other. Um, um, they were talking about like making meaning in your life and how like we can use things like astrology and tarot and... Um, religion and personal anecdote and music and other things um to make sense of like life's bigger questions which i think is like kind of going along with what both of you are saying it's like like you a lot of people like just like that craft mac and cheese but you've actually found a way that it connects to your past and like Mm -hmm. and in trauma or not or in healing and in whatever way it is for you and i think that's like a very interesting way that we that a lot of people use astrology to like mm-hmm. solely just predict stuff. And that's yeah. like not what we do because we're like, Oh, we're trying to access like our past and, and past lives and other things that we're all interested in. Um, but I think it's interesting how you could use the tool either way, you know? Yeah, no. And also just like, it's awesome. hard to change how, what you identify it. I mean, I'm still a carb queen. I'm still like a spaghetti. Wait, your mic's off. Oh, Moving to California, of course you tried. Uh, it's like, that's a different fucking strawberry that you're eating. Oh, you hell yeah, I it mean? is. It's like, it's more, it's like from right here and like. You well, know. also like, sorry, Chiron Cancer. It's also not like, I don't have like my aunt being like, he's the picky one. Like when you keep hearing yeah. it and you keep hearing that like echo chamber of like how people see you. It's still like my like. I'm going to be like, you're not flexible. You're this. I'm like, I actually go to yoga now. Like, you just don't see, like, you see uh, old me. Like, you see baby me. And it's hard. And I think parents do this a lot. And grandparents do this a lot. And just people, teachers from back when you were a little kid. Like, my old religion teacher came over when I was back home for Thanksgiving. And she came in and told this story about it. She's like, I remember when you were walking around in your backyard. And you were talking into this cup. And you just kept talking to this man that lived in the cup. And you've always been. And you've always been. it's like, wow, you have this like and now you're off in california and now you're doing this i'm like whoa you have this like narrative of me of being this like little imaginative kid and i followed that dream to like this western land where like my aunt in wisconsin might be like no no she's that like cranky little brat that didn't eat anything and you know like everyone had this like imagery that they see you as and it's hard to at least for me it's like hard to distinguish oh god pisces north node of like what is like my reality versus what's like the stories i've been told about me do you also quick question about the strawberries yes were you (laughs) like i have so many questions about this because scott it bothers me because he'll be like he's like i hate eggs they make me sick even smelling them or looking at them then he'll bring home custard right like a thing that says twice as much eggs as before and just be eating it. <laughs> yeah i'm so happy and i'm like that's egg dude creme brulee is fucking egg like mm-hmm. eat an egg mm-hmm. like just prove to me that you really don't like it try it mm-hmm. were you like fucking with strawberry ice cream all the time 
No, it was like a diehard. Like I will not eat the strawberry flavor of Jolly Rancher. I, I am. It is like a hard no across the board, okay. and I will not bet. I don't okay. like cherries. I'm not eating cherry flavor. I don't like this. I'm not eating this. And then now, like I can recognize, like, do I like raw tomatoes? Not that, like, not really. I'll take cucumber on a sandwich now versus a raw tomato. Do I love marinara sauce? Oh yeah. So I think it's like there is like you can still like being picky, and if you're a picky eater listening, like. Sometimes you like you do grow into your taste buds. You do like have like these things. You do like start to just get curious and you want to like enjoy things with other people. I was just like feeling the social things of like it's embarrassing to say no this, no this, none of this. Oh my! When I was a kid, I would order hot dogs with no hot dog. I would just get (laughs) I would just get ketchup on a bun. That's so funny. And it was like, but I liked wet ketchup <laughs> well but the, i think that there's a difference too and this is the same kind of thing of like astrology where it's like okay you can say oh well you're a taurus you're stubborn yeah that's one way to interpret that story right. or you could say oh isn't it interesting that you know you were able to identify things that you liked in the way that you liked them mm-hmm. in this way. But you're a kid. You don't know that there is a whole world of food options open to you. And you don't understand that the process of actually figuring out what you like is trying things and then saying, oh, I like tomatoes this way, but I like them this way. I prefer them this way the most or whatever. But it's like that is the same kind of like brain process that's going. And instead of being like having it be a judgment on your character, like, oh, you're a picky person. It's like, oh, well, that was your like scientific processes forming in your brain but you were a kid and so then when people start prescribing stories to it too like oh well stevie's the picky one mm-hmm. then you also are like yeah oh, well i guess i'm the picky one instead of being like oh what's oh that's interesting that you're using like a thought process mm-hmm. uh, uh you've determined things that you like and you're really vocal about that would you like to try this to see i think that this might be something you like or whatever like yeah encouraging the it's like that did you watch that flat earth documentary oh hell the netflix one um it does uh, Which we won't get into any of the other stuff, but that wait, stuff please. at the end. <laughs> I they, love flat earthers. I thought it was so nice that at the end they were like, it's not, it's not like, not like it's not their fault. It's science's fault. But it's like we, instead of being like, oh, look at these fucking idiots who believe the earth is flat being like, oh, look at these people who want to be participate, who have scientific minds and are curious and are wanting to experiment and don't know where to put it or like have felt excommunicated from the science community because they haven't had access to parts of the educational system or like haven't felt encouraged or maybe have felt lied to in the past. Yeah. Maybe have felt betrayed by people in their lives. Like the other thing for me is like, I have like a family being like, Oh, you're so picky. You won't eat a vegetable. And it's like, I don't really see you guys eating it either, but that's <laughs> she threw the book I at me. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it eat the corn mom but you know what i mean like it wasn't like i didn't have this like well how would i a child get vegetables if you weren't feeding me vegetables i mean that, i rest my you case. know what i mean i like, rest my case your honor and i was i went to disneyland and my sister Ooh. and i were talking about how much and i realized i have so many co-workers with kids and all of this stuff and i know no absolutely no judgment because i as i said do not have children i know it is a very difficult job and that what i'm about to say is a difficult thing to do in general but i am always surprised when i hear people talk about their children as if they are adults Mm. like the thing when it's like anytime there's anything like and she knows better or whatever i'm like 
guess what? They fucking don't. Right. They are not adults. They do not have any of the things that we have. The part of you that knows better is not a thing. And not to say that kids don't learn those things, like whatever, but it's like, yeah, they can't, you can't you can't talk to a kid like an adult or right. expect them. Or it's like you can, but they're probably going to still do a bunch of kid shit. So we didn't see a lot of people like yelling, which I appreciated. Uh, but it's like that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, they're what? I think parent, it's interesting. And again, don't really have many people around me with kids. And I know it's a difficult job, but I think that has changed quite a bit of like, and maybe it's the LA bubble of like seeing how people parent where it's like, I, they know exa- like what you're saying. Like they know it. They're it's like well, it's like even the same when like your pet like pees on your bed. It's like they're doing it to spite me. And it's like I think they're just like very like they're just little creatures. Like they can't they can't help themselves. No, I think they're doing the same thing that we were talking about. Where it's like we're trying to now as parents attribute attributes that we want our kids to have instead of reinforcing like you're such a piggy eater Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're saying you know better so that when the kid makes a mistake in the future and has to apologize they can say oh my god i'm so sorry i know better and i messed up Mm -hmm. instead of being like mom always excused it for me so yeah or or just like i don't know and i think and this actually goes with like outer planets and like the generational journey and things that it been on of just like Pluto Scorpio energy of just like destroying like the narratives you once known also have six house um, uh, outer like Saturn and Uranus and all the or not Uranus Uranus and Neptune and Saturn but of just like all right like my story is my story my routines are my routines like I've just because I've started it one way doesn't mean it has to keep going in this other way and also no one likes to be told you're such a this you do this you do this like it's just not but it's so god it's so easy to inflict pain on your family you don't even know you're doing it half the time and that's like the thing I try to just remember like forgiveness and progress and moving forward is like no one knew what they were doing Mm-hmm. They still don't. My mom still today don't. like got upset. She broke her phone while she was on the phone with me. I was <laughs> upset, and I was just like, "I can't fix this." Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't. I just all I know is that I can't take it personally that you broke your phone. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not my fault. And like, man, I'm sorry. I know what that feels like. And it's weird because it's like it's just she rad- probably hasn't broken her phone as much as I have. So I. For somehow I'm the mother in the situation. Right. Being like, it happens, man. Like radical empathy. Yeah. Radical well, empathy I mean, is wild. I think that is uh this is a good segue into today's topic because it's I, baby carrots. It's baby carrots. <laughs> um no, today we're talking about the outer planets. Woo. Um and one of the first things that really stood out to me. Because we've talked about personal. We've talked about social. Um, I was looking at my March and McEvers, uh, the only way to learn astrology book. And they said just like quickly, mm-hmm. personal planets are your home, your family, and how you personal be- personally behave. Mm-hmm. Social planets are how you like the bridge from by which you move kind of from childhood to adulthood. It's how you interact with like higher learning it's like work structures things like that but then the outer planets are like how you experience like 
thematically the world or what like what's your place in understanding that there are other people outside of you and what's your place in that and how how does how does the whole how does someone else go from childhood to adulthood it's that understanding that like it beyond your personal experience of course there's like big generational trends or whatever but it's this idea they said that some people say that you even if you have aspected outer planets in your chart that are going to be super active like you really can't understand the outer planets until after your first Saturn return which uh Jessica Lignato says it's a lot about being like the final step like the first step truly into like actual adulthood like right it's the true end of your childhood and into this because I think that and I think that there is some truth to that because it's like you've seen enough cycles come and go you've seen other people you've seen enough things to know that like other people have similar experiences to you you can't just be i don't eat strawberries girl anymore because you've maybe you also met someone that did that same thing and you're like oh that's not how i want to right live my life and then you understand oh i wonder if that's what like that's a Saturn experience and then a Uranian, Neptunian, Plutonian experience of that is like, oh, I bet that that's what my mom was feeling mm-hmm. when she did this thing and that's why she does that. And then, oh, that's mm-hmm. why so so on and so on and so on. And then you understand like humanity. Well, you realize things aren't just, I mean, personal nor social, but truly ingrained. It's themes. It's It's inherited trauma. It's like generational stories and it's it's just like the 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 things that we try to keep passing on in ourselves and it's i don't know just like i know like the outer planets sometimes get kind of pushed to the side because like you share with like a lot of people and of course you know houses and degrees and all that are things to consider but it really is like so karmic like it is these things of like thinking of what do i want to keep going what do I like about what's going and what do I don't like and what does that say about the things that I've already seen and done well it's also like trend I mean like okay boomer is a thing right now <laughs> okay that's a ha- of course dude, nothing makes me laugh more. dude it's so funny nothing makes me laugh more but than it's that. like boomer <laughs> lives <laughs> okay boomer but it's like we only know that a large group of people behave in similar ways because we've had enough cycles and we can know we can look back and say oh this generation this this baby boom period mm-hmm. created an idea or like an ideal in a in a not all of them there's always outliers and there's always this but like enough people had similar circumstances that this colored their worldview and that's how they went on to raise children and that only 90s kids will get that because there's enough of us that have had uh there were the same elements happening there's the same world events going around that this is how people respond to it and then only by seeing again like seeing those trends can you be like oh of course that makes sense that baby boomers think this way because this is what was going on and this are the these are the things that uh colored their opinions about things and of course they would have trouble uh reconciling that belief with this belief and so on and so forth okay so and this can change a little bit but i have the boomer uh outer planets do you guys know them i know well i have them i believe book as well i believe i know but go pluto and leo yes with Neptune either in Virgo or Libra, 
or and Uranus in Taurus or Gemini. Interesting. It's so like, and maybe it's just since like being in baby astrology and like thinking about outer planets when I was younger, like. I don't know why, like, in my mind, and that's the closed-minded worldview, I was like, oh, everyone I know has Capricorn. Everyone I know has Scorpio. Everyone I know. And then when you start to, like, expand your horizons and meet new people, you're like, oh, they don't. Like, I'm, this is, it, it was, I don't, it sounds so simple, Tim, but it's just, like, where it felt so, like, blah, because it was so shared. But it's like, oh, it's shared because I'm, like, I'm in high school and everyone's literally in my grade. Like, that's boring. And then you grow up and you meet other people with different experiences and it's like oh this well, paints such a different picture for everybody i think there's also something to this idea too of when you start kind of feeling out of touch with things too about being like oh this is a different generation than me i don't they're the same things that we can come back to speaking of it being like not personal and not social mm -hmm. where it's like oh if you're not when you're with people like your touchstones now I'm just explaining like aging, but it's like, oh, you don't realize that at first it's like, oh, so many people have this. You take for granted that everyone feels the same way as you. But then when you get further removed from that, you're like, oh, I really miss a time when everybody knew the references I was talking about because we all had this same thing. And then you don't realize how like you don't need you don't know that you need that or that you miss it until you're far enough removed from it and that again would be after your Saturn return mm -hmm. when you've kind of gotten out of your own social kinds of things and are you know wanting a a, a, a trip back to those same kinds of the way it was people to understand your personal experience like it, it brings right. you back to a personal thing because it's like if you're too far out uh, your personal experiences don't fucking matter or your, mm -hmm. your own, oh, this is how I do it. Who cares? We're talking about the fucking world. Right. I had a hard time studying this <laughs> topic because I don't know why. I was distracted, honestly, with some life stuff that hasn't been going my way. Um, <laughs> and so I tried to find a few different things that were... Uh, well, I looked at the uh, Astrology for Idiots or whatever book that I have, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is like iconic. Um, so that book, it, every time I open it, I'm like, I didn't know it was so dumb that I needed this book because <laughs> I apparently am a complete idiot. Um, but it really helped. And then I also um, tried to look at something like I was looking at Pluto the dog from Disney and like some other stuff because to try to like get me into it like yeah. to get me like interested and to be able to like be there while reading it instead of being like oh my god i'd rather uh pick at my face or <laughs> like stupid shit that doesn't help i mean hard same um but i one of the things i looked at was uh the destiny cards because all of the destiny cards have planetary influences and then they the way that they work, if you are interested in this, you need to research it more because I can't really tell you everything about it so quickly. But the way that they work, you have a period of time for each uh, planet in your year. So like every 52 days it changes and it starts with your birthday. So um, you can look up yours online. I can't help you with that. But I was looking at the way that they describe the outer planets and... Um, they 
Describe the um, the first. I can't do math. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn as earthly influences, and Uranus and Neptune as cosmic influences, and and Pluto as well. And um, Pluto in in the in the Destiny cards is not really considered. Like I don't think you have a Pluto period of the year. It's not really considered like a planet. Uh, which is crazy because that's before science did that. And also like Pluto the dog in Disney mm-hmm. is not um, anthropomorphized, which I also think is interesting because that was also before Pluto got taken back. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like that separate, something separate about yeah. Pluto. Um, but the Astrology for Idiots book also says like, these are things that you're not going to be able to see in yourself all the time. Right. Which that really helped me because I was like, I can't relate when I'm reading it. And then I was like, oh, good. <laughs> like, right. I'm not supposed to. Great. I can just keep going. Well, in the only astrology book you'll ever need, she does um, little things about like the astronomy of each planet, too. And I really latched on to that for this one because I was like, I know all the things and like. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because these planets are more modern relatively than everything else. Where it's like Uranus, everything's everything's within the last what is it, three four hundred years, three hundred yeah, years. Yeah, seventeen eighty one is Uranus. Mm-hmm. Uh, eighteen forty six is Neptune. Nineteen thirty is Pluto. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, it's, I like forget that it was just around the corner but they talk about the diff one the difficulty discovering the planet pluto was super hard to identify because uh it is so small and also its orbit is hella erratic that sometimes it actually is closer than neptune and other times it's further out and it's not it's not like a uh Uranus has a weird orbit too where it's kind of flipped mm-hmm. um and has these weird periods where like 21 years of darkness on one hemisphere and total brightness on the other and whatever so that one fits for like why Uranus is like the weirdo and right off kilter and that where it's like oh yeah it's orbit is kind of wonky but it still is it still is like a almost perfect circle and all of this but then Pluto is like fucking truly the only one that is not totally circular it's like it's just doing what it wants Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that like destiny's card destiny card wise you can't have a pluto period because you don't like a pluto period is like like, if you really look into i mean if you're into numerology and stuff i really do recommend you get into yeah destiny cards because if you look into uh it's it's the same as astrology the result you get from pluto is not it's an annual thing it's not like not it is in destiny cards and not in astrology but like it's a bigger picture idea it's not like something that it's like oh well this week might be a little shady it's like no this is like your whole year your whole like more bigger purpose bigger undoing redoing i love that impression of like pop culture astrology it's like this week is shady guys (laughs) um just a heads up real shady activity afoot it's true that i there's so many things that say stuff like that i mean because it it is but it's like you can't say you don't know a pluto one is like yeah it's like you're not yeah this is gonna impact you this is gonna color Mm -hmm. in a greater way yeah well and it's it's 
I mean, astrologerpsychologer.com. I liked how they kind of, <laughs> this is literally the website. I like how they, and a lot of websites kind of echoed this sentiment, but it's, it, it's a good reminder of like the outer planets define our unconscious. It's aspects, the outer and inner planets in a birth chart reveal much about the unseen self. Accessing depths often remain out of awareness. Like it's, and I love that because astrology is trying to understand so much, understand ourselves, world events, people around us. And some things aren't meant to be understood until they've already happened, until they've already experienced it, until you've already like got some rings in your tree. And that's cool because I think some of us, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're curious about astrology. You're curious about the people around you. You're curious about the society at large. And I think some things are just, it's like going on a date and not knowing the birth chart, right? Like just seeing how you interact with people and interact with a job, interact with things. And uh, I like it as like a reflective tool and a true reflective tool. It's like leaving your phone at home and then like just experiencing. Well, I think it's really important right now because we are having so many discussions like unfortunately or fortunately on the internet about privilege about Mm -hmm. kind of retroactively examining um behaviors and practices and things like that and i think that um like the outer planet that's why it's it's part of like generational traumas and all of these things too because it's on the one hand giving voice to a bunch of people's personal experience Mm-hmm. that is like oh no actually this is how a bit like this isn't just one per i think a lot of our reactions to hearing people's stories about these things are personal we're reacting from a personal place and that's where we get our like not all men yes all all lives matter kind of a opinion because that's that's a personal planet thing instead of looking at this as a like oh hey um a whole generation of people had a similar mm-hmm. have are we're having similar personal experiences what does that say about the can we remove ourselves of course you personally didn't inflict upon someone or maybe maybe you did hopefully you didn't but mm-hmm. it's like yeah of course you personally believe that all people are equal but can you remove the personal and understand that enough people felt unequal that something isn't working here right you know like that kind of thing of like it's not how can we remove astrology is so personal and all this but it's like how can we remove some of the personalness Mm -hmm. to see the bigger picture to make like changes beyond just like how a shady wednesday right well i also in the um astrology for idiots book this is one of the few books where i found uh information on not only each sign not not only the outer planets in each sign but retrograde as well which it's like even hard to find that online Mm because i have them all retrogrades i've looked it up so many times Mm -hmm. and i just felt like reading it i was like oh I I get to relate like because for two years that we've been studying this I've been like oh well like conceptually I try to understand through the way other people like what you're saying like Mm -hmm. okay like I understand that there's like a bunch of people who have like this Uranus in this sign but like mine's retrograde I don't know what that means I guess it's maybe like this or this and trying to conceptualize it in the way of the large and getting to read it today I was like oh yay like this is something I actually feel like I can relate to and actually felt really personal to me so I think it's going both ways like taking like taking those lessons 
oh, a whole generation of women feel like men have treated them a certain way. Taking that lesson and saying like, what can I do as a man? And even like for me, I've thought about like things that I've said to other women that have belittled those experiences or like been like, yeah, well, like before the Me Too movement. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's happened to me too. Like, yeah, of course. Like that's what happens. And it's like, that's not right. Well, so it's like taking that back to the personal and being able to change well, it. And mm-hmm. also that generation before that has existed has said, well, what do you think's going to happen? Well, w- of course, like that's just been part of society. Like it is, I mean, we all know it's wrong, but also it's just how, it's how we've been functioning. And then when you have a shift that goes, it doesn't have to be this way. Then they're like, wait, what? And it's going to make everyone's personal and social shit get flared up because they've had to deal with it like this this long yeah. and like why do you just get it like easy like i mean i have that too in in working in in television like all these bosses who are like why are you leaving on the dot why are you not like i went back in my day i had to drive a pa van around all this and now you guys get this rate just coming in fresh and this and it's like yeah, that sounds like it sucked. You want to perpetuate that? Or should we evolve and see that we can be kinder and more flexible and all this thing? But people don't want to make it easier for the next generation. They want you to suffer as much as they did. I mean, again, that's they, an uninvolved, that's well, an uninvolved but way. But I do think it's something to say that it's possible that they, they really like the lessons they learned. And yes. they feel like they've gotten where they are from something. Instead of saying that they... It's not that they want you to suffer. They want you to learn and, yes. and be like them. Totally. Yeah. And so it's it's a way of trying to mentor without recognizing that times have shifted that doesn't actually teach the lesson. Like, they don't understand that you driving around the PA van isn't going to teach you the lesson because... You're just not getting paid for that when they did or whatever other thing is unequal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, and it's just I, different times. I think it's um, it's the also the like thing of like, oh, I'm scared that the things that I know and was taught or whatever, like that I it now be relevant. it doesn't have value. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that like generational thing because it's thinking about it from a personal place where it's like, I'm scared. I don't have meaning and I'm not thinking about what what you not needing to stay late means for your whole generation or what does this mean for the thing I'm scared about my own kind of personal thing which is totally valid and understandable and all of those things but it's like oh yeah if I take a step back would if someone was like do you want if they asked you a general question not like do you want your personal employee like this they'd be like do you think all all workers should have to stay overtime without any pay and whatever. And they'd probably be like, no, that sounds terrible. But then in their actual interaction, it's like, well, that's what you're asking to do. So if you on a personal level do this, oh, no, then yeah. things can't get better on a generational level because we're perpetuating. Well, I things. remember like even one, and again, I work in freelance TV stuff. So it's funny because I'm, I'm in LA, I'm in this like liberal bubble, whatever. And it was like, I can't remember. It was... Uh, I think it was maybe pre-Trump, but whatever. It was like the day that every woman was supposed to like walk out and wear red and like, you know, do all that. And my boss was sending this email like that she'll be walking out today, but everyone else needs to come in. (gasps) Yes. I would have been so mad. But I'm a I'm a I'm a slave to the freelance life. I can't I couldn't you can't lose your job. I couldn't Mm -hmm. do anything. And but I'm just sitting here being like, wow, this lady really thinks she gets the cause. She believes in the cause, but she still 
can't break from her generation. She can't break from the norm. She can't break from the things she like. Even couldn't she be like take a half day? Like yeah, I don't know. Like can't you modifying? But it's it was just like such a like mind blow. And even now when I have these like freelance bosses, <laughs> please don't listen to this podcast of like oh we love Bernie, we love Warren, we love all these themes, but they don't practice them because of. But I because I didn't grow up in this and I had to learn these lessons and this is what made me the person I am today. And it's like uh, it's just so I mean, it's it's interesting times to say the very, very yeah. least. It's tough. I mean, it's like I, I would love to teach all the, my cherished lessons that I've learned to the next generation to become the person who I am today. Not really because I'm not I'm not in the best place, but like, <laughs> you know, it hypothetically but it's like you're never gonna become who they are today because it'll take me another 30 years and it won't be today so it doesn't well and also it's like what's the point i mean that's scorpio pluto talking i mean i I also think that like the the great thing and not completely and again not to say that we shouldn't be addressing large social issues or anything like that but i think that's also why March and McEver say the thing about it being like not until after a Saturn return because you kind of realize that, well, everybody's going to learn the lessons that they need to learn along the way. And it's not up to me to decide how, like what those to assign teachers, because if you talk to enough people, you end up saying like, oh, I had that happen too. And you're like, oh, I never thought that this kid that like this internet age kid was ever going to be like, oh, I'm feeling this way and this mm-hmm. way. Like we realize that the personal, the cert- the generational circumstances change, but our personal feelings about those things are pretty universal too. And then that makes, again, that like starts the wheel turning again because it makes you feel connected to the larger because you're like, oh, how could we two different, so different be Wait, this? You want to you know? hear this cool story? I don't know. If it kind of relate, it made me think of it, so it got to kind of relate. But yeah. I don't know. I heard this like third hand, so forgive me if I tell it completely wrong. If you're listening, I hope you're not. <laughs> uh, someone was like sitting at a restaurant, like hanging out with their friend who was bartending or something, and then a bunch of these like young women came in, and they were going to like prom or homecoming or something. They were all dressed up, and they were all like chatting and just being friends and just hanging out, and then. Uh, the person asked like, oh, like, I guess it's my generation. Like, do people not do dates anymore? Uh, like, I thought it was like, you know, do the, do not do that. Is it more like a group thing? Mm-hmm. And then come to find out that at the school, there was like a hot or not list. Oh. So all of the girls boycotted on going with guys and just all went together, which in my school probably would not have happened. But I think it's interesting that it's like, I mean the hot or not list for sure would have happened. The (laughs) girls banding together and like saying fuck you to the boys would probably not have happened in my generation. No, but I think it's really cool that the person had an open enough mind to be like, Oh, like, am I like being weird or is this right? Mm -hmm. And then the kids had enough of an open mind to be like, no, actually like we said, fuck you to them. And it's like, it is a generational difference, but it's not in the way that you thought. And I think you'll never, having that outside perspective and not reaching your hand inside, you'll never see, you'll only see it from your like point of view. You'll only be like, Oh, I guess kids don't do dates anymore. Right. You'll never see End what it story. really is. Yeah. 
Well, it's like it's even like that like iceberg meme, you know, of like someone that's successful and then like the underneath it's like hard work sleepless nights failure and this and it's like it's just like if you want to look below any surface and open up your mind and have a mutable kind of energy um then you can you can grow with the times and i think the people we see that's when you have war and that's when you have you know strife and all this stuff is when people can't adapt with the future i mean that's why like i mean we're not a political podcast medicare for all can happen but do, is there am i now getting tons of ads for like now with my new prescription app i get so much cheap prescription pills <laughs> medicare what's that and it's like this is purposeful this is trying to keep this this mantra this energy still going because they're feeling the shift of it changing and that's a lot of money pharmaceutical companies about to lose. Yeah. That's a lot of like it's and it's 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 wild now being in Saturn return time and just seeing it from like a oh, this isn't just like you want this for this reason or you want to put people down like there's bigger it's bigger picture than that. It's not just like, oh, you don't want Medicare for all those long lines. Look at those other countries. You don't want that. You, you, you personal, personal, social, social. And it's like, hmm, I smell something that's bigger yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you re- do you really care about me that much don't do don't not think so mm-hmm. so one other thing that I really like before we divide up and talk about the little planets a little bit yeah um in this book is that they include the nodes with these planets um and i'm not sure if that's just for lack of space or chapters or i saw that why chiron and eris can sometimes also kind of get wrapped up in these boys as well eris is also a dwarf planet i believe right well and there's also kind of discussion if eris is gonna be upgraded more in astrology also there's some astrologers who don't even believe in looking at the outer planets which is something i forget about and kind of boggles my mind because it just stops at stops at these air quotes mo- it's funny to think of these as modern planets because i think of them as these kind of lurkers that have been there since before yeah. our time well i think the people that do not look at them are also using astrology for more predictive purposes mm-hmm. and which is a largely personal pursuit yeah because it is i mean it can still be talking about like larger like oh you know if you're launching a business i'm not saying it's like just for your own personal gain but like we can't do elections for or it's like you don't for seven years from now eight years yeah yeah it's like there's so many unknown things that it's like yeah if we're just talking about your day-to-day you're right pluto unless you're having a pluto transit Mm -hmm. or whatever then if you're when we're talking about personal astrology, which is what a lot of people do, it's not. So one of the things that they say about the nodes, which I don't know, we probably discussed this when we talked about nodes, but it either reminded me or I did not know it at all. Uh, I was talking about how like the South node lessons, even though you're like good at them and it's easy for you, they call it the easy way out. Mm -hmm. um, You never really get recognized for doing those things, whether you do them well or like, uh, or you don't, you know, I mean, they're just easy. And so people see it as people recognize that it's, it's the same like thing where it's like people outside of it are just like, Oh yeah, that's what they do. But when you do those like harder North node things, people really recognize you for that. And I really like that notion. 
Yeah. I love the book. Love it. That's interesting. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess we didn't name the name other planets, which are <laughs> Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Duh. Um, you know, you know them, you love them, you might be a little bit afraid of them, and that's okay. They're kind of intimidating. But yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like we... I mean, it's really, that. this is like what it's about. It's just like, it's truly, it's zoom out, big picture. I mean, a lot, Pluto'sChild.com. Uh, also said that these are, you know, they're slow, obviously they're slower moving. They're generational trends. They're associated with transcending the material world and connecting to broader, broader universal energies. I mean, I love that shit. Yeah. Um, Uranus takes about seven years um, in each sign. This is, you know, revolutions. This is rapid change. This is uh, inventiveness. This is genius mm-hmm. you know that spark it is you know again we're speaking in seven year cycles so it's you know not that fast but this is uranus was discovered at the same time as the industrial revolution so it's these ideas that like yeah that's not like a overnight thing but it's a big enough shock that like the world was never the same after this uh thing it's like it takes you 10 years to become an overnight sensation but then you're there you don't you know it you can have the ability even if it's 10 years in the making once once that idea takes hold you've changed a bunch of things mm-hmm. um and i like that like obviously uranus is this change in ideas and all this kind of like radical imagination things and i love that all the outer planets are kind of rooted in like an a, an adaptation and just thinking like while like personal and social are very like doing in many ways and action oriented this is very just like perspective shifting and just um like a stroke of genius like a stroke of like what if we did it this way oh my god like what if we had five dollar foot longs like i don't like it's just like it's it's embracing um something that could go wrong too well yeah i mean it's all things that are outside of yourself even that idea like a stroke of genius is not like a a genius idea it's like something uh, was gifted to you Mm -hmm. or something like that it's not something self-generated well, the uh, the dummies book it calls Uranus the awakener and the great liberator, and then it discusses the way that each sign it it has an adjective for each sign the way it is liberated. Oh. And like one of the interesting ones to me was the Pisces. It says it liberates universally, and I was like, well, how could that? Ooh. How could that be? I mean, how could you? I mean. Yes, we see like things happening where like we're not very satisfied with our president and over the pond they have also like there's similar vibes happening around the con- around the whole world but it's not universal. It's not all happening together. Mm-hmm. How is this? And the example that they use is the rise of mass like motion pictures and mass entertainment which that's so like universal. It's like uh, those things that just catch fire, those like movies where everyone's like quoting it and it gets really yeah. annoying and stuff. So it is interesting to me to dig deep into those kind of like and that that could, those can liberate people or or awaken them into something that they that they want to do. Dude, Pabs has turned me on to watching old school Siskel and Ebert reviews on YouTube. Highly recommend because watching them like rip apart Billy Madison, say, who's this Adam Sandler guy? He could never lead a movie. He could never lead a serious drama. He's kind of flashing the pan. His acting, like, this movie's so stupid. And it's like, 
this is iconic. But yeah. at the time, you're just stuck in the previous generation's wave of thinking. And like Billy Madison's a comedian. He has a huge dramatic movie coming out on Cut Gems. I know. <laughs> exa- I mean, I'll see it. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's very fun to watch these old movie reviews and just what's kind of become these cult, either cult classes or even just like beloved even at the time and just seeing obviously these men are like smart and know what they're talking about but they're also going off of what's in the now at that time so it's very 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 fun to review mm-hmm. um neptune this was discovered in 1846 as we mentioned um the big thing that's neptune takes about 14 years in each sign um the big discovery that was going on or the big trend that was happening uh at this time was freud and psychoanalysis mm. um and you know again like that influenced art and music and uh, writing and fiction, literature and uh, all of these things. Neptune ruling all things, dreams, ethereal, you know, uh, subconscious that like after unseen, hidden kinds of things. And again, that like it makes sense coming after the discovery of Uranus. Neptune was also discovered by two people kind of like simultaneously and they couldn't really decide who they gave two people credit but like one person found it and then they tried to show it to the people and they like couldn't see it again Uh and then it was like hidden out and they like someone else had to like double check their work and then they saw it too and then they were like it was like one degree away from where the other person said it would be and they were like oh that must like that's it it. so they it there was enough discrepancy or like there was enough documentation that both people had like come to the discovery and it was the same like they both discovered the same thing but just people didn't believe them when they discovered it which even the discovery of neptune is very neptunian because it's like yeah well i can't uh, dreams what talk about something that there are more like netflix documentaries and theories and ideas about these things that it's like none of these things are hard sciences because we can't you can't See, there's people that also don't even believe in psychoanalysis or anything because mm-hmm. you can't see your mind working and all of that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't things to still be gleaned from them. But it's like, yeah, of course, when we've discovered when when you are liberated in some capacity, then you have the space to think about things unseen because your physical reality has been altered in some way. If you can read books and now you can like learn stories then you can learn to critically think about them and have your own opinions and create your own things and all of that also while we're on oscar talk of uncut gems uh loved that cameo in the lighthouse of a little neptune action don't know if anyone (laughs) saw that but it's a very good little uh nod to reality and what is real and uh, and the, the dual like i Neptune's cool. Well, Neptune is television too. Yeah. It's anything that isn't real. Mm-hmm. So that's like another level of film and television and, and fantasy. Also mm-hmm. The most interesting part of it to me is that, especially if we're talking about like the older days of film and tele- television where we weren't connected via Twitter and Instagram to every celebrity, that these people also became illusions and deluded mm. themselves of right. like who are they who did they really become and things like that which is so interesting to me how it can like it's just a snake eating its tail really at the end of the day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well even well, like, and that's like a li- think about a, a liberation thing 
uh, when you were saying like, oh, universally, where it's like, oh, yeah, if everyone has access to like movies at home, not I know I know not everyone that's a privileged uh, point of view, but it's like that where it's like, oh, if I'm just used to having this at home, then I want this everywhere accessible in ways and all of that. I think that's a very good observation about the people in them themselves. For sure. It just keeps going. And then what is, you know, well, and also even when someone plays like a bad guy, it's like, or being typecast into whatever roles, like your face fits. And then people like are like, Oh, I hate Draco Malfoy or Draco Malfoy. Like, you know, like it's like, it ties into like blurring the blurring the lines of like who you are versus like, transform i don't know yes yeah, yes no, yes yes super interesting and um, finally pluto. our planet that's we will we stand a planet we stand um, a planet pluto, <laughs> pluto justice for pluto that again go back to our, our and we'll be revisiting planets soon but uh the whole pluto controversy i can't believe that it needs to be we need to have a talk about pluto make sure everyone was there for the vote you know yeah um, but pluto which i don't know if i knew i'm sure we brought this up on the episode it was discovered in 1930 as we said coincided with the atom bomb which is very Plutonian. Damn. um but pluto's orbit can be like i saw different numbers but between like 12 years at its quickest and I saw 25 and I also saw 32 years as the longest. So depending on what sign it's in, it might take longer, which I feel like is also so Plutonian because it's also like, yeah, some all Pluto things are going to have like long term effects. But sometimes, sometimes they're like your car blows up and sometimes it's a fucking bomb blows up. Mm-hmm. And that's a like... The, you're gonna always be influenced by your car blowing up but then sometimes like whole cities are fucking destroyed and now that's that takes a city rebuild is longer than a house rebuild is longer than a car rebuild is longer than a you know whatever mm-hmm. um so I and like, then what are there even the if beyond the like the actual destruction the yeah, personal the rebuilding yes of that of community inher- building and all of that so like again it's like okay a single house takes you don't realize all of the ramifications of you know deaths or things that need to be closed and things that need to be rebuilt and things that you didn't even know were part of a house structure that now are you know need to be replaced and everything so Mm -hmm. i I like that idea of all it's i think another like nice thing about astrology the more that you learn about it the more you learn that it's not just like these things that are it's given not- that are just like picked at willy-nilly right why this is called pluto and this is called neptune and this it's like oh they have like associations with the well, way that the planet itself physically moves and, mm-hmm. and so on well it's not anything to even be solved it's just to like be aware of understand take note and appreciate and also sometimes be like why the fuck is this happening it's well, never like it's not that it's and as a Taurus, like sometimes I do want just like, so what's the end? Like, what's the math equation? What's the what's the solution? And it's like, nah, not nah, it. You don't get that. One of the things that the book says about Pluto retrograde, which is one of the ones that I have had the most trouble finding information on, um, is that these people with a Pluto retrograde uh, feel a duty to uh make those greater things and and take them into their personal life. Mm -hmm. And the example that it gives is environmental issues where, you know, we're seeing the destruction of the planet and, and 
uh, being able to fight for that, you know, and say like, oh, I don't want, you know, the Pacific garbage patch. No, but it's like you're still, though, drinking out of plastic bottles. So it's like find your find the impact you can make in your in your life, which I think is tough sometimes to look at when, you know, you feel like you don't make that big of an impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was like deep into looking into like Pluto. I don't because I I think I just ignore Pluto, and I maybe it's just my being that polarity Taurus Scorpio sort of thing. And it was talking about like because I'm at, mine in the, is in the fifth house, and it was just talking about like gambling and like all this stuff. And I come from a family line of gambling addicts, but my Pluto's retrograde, so I'm like, fuck, did I get like? And again, addiction, you know, well, like this taking city. your personal responsibility for that. I was like, fuck, did I get like astrologically spared in this like ongoing generational trauma? Like, I don't know. And again, addiction, it's not like, oh, I'm an addict because of astrology, but it's fun to like just look at and speculate and just it hit me. It hit me a little different today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or have you like learned the lessons of the <sighs> generation? Yeah. There you go. In Scorpio and. There you go, honey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't be getting you scratchers for your birthday. Oh no, I can I can handle the scratchers. Okay. I'm, Good to know. <laughs> well, that's what everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slippery slope. There's a pamphlet for that, Steve. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I yeah, I think we covered it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Outer planets rule. It's always going to be there. We'll always keep and returning. If you if you are like uh, outer planets are for the birds, um, like. Listen right. to this again later down the line and totally. see, if you, see if you aren't, perhaps you're in a place where you aren't connecting with outer planets at all and that's okay too. And, and I mean, I get it. Personal and social are where it's like a little more poppy and fun and ever, Ooh. ever, and it's changing frequently. Sized. It's Snickers minis. You could have one. Mm-hmm, but do you want the When log? you're ready for a king size. <laughs> Hollerack. Toblerone. That was the one that <laughs> Those came to mind. Good. You come you come see us in the outer planets, okay? <laughs> uh we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's Your Sign. Please rate us five stars and subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. If you like what you heard, please support us on Patreon. You can also find us online on Instagram at What's Your Sign Podcast or on Twitter at What's YR sign underscore pod? You can also like our fan page on Facebook and join our friendship group. Questions, comments, concerns, or to book a commission chart reading, you can email us at what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. What's your sign, baby? What's your sign? What's your sign?